Welcome to Gag Me with a Chainsaw, a horror podcast about 80 slashers. Shabuya, yeah, yeah, Shabuya roll call. Shabuya, yeah, yeah, Shabuya roll call. My name is Sarah. Yeah. I like to scream. Yeah. The girls all love me. Yeah. I make them cream. Roll call. Shabuya, yeah, yeah, Shabuya roll call. Shabuya, yeah, yeah, Shabuya roll call. My name is Corey. Yeah. And I love camp. Yeah. Capture the flag. Yeah. I am the champ. Roll Roll call. call. (laughs) Shabuya. Yeah. Yeah. Shabuya roll roll call. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) We we went in two wildly different directions. (laughs) It's okay. It's everything we love. Sex and camp. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And horror. And horror. Thought we were doing horror roll calls. Well, All right. As we know, sometimes horror happens at camp and sex too. Yeah. Not the at summer camp that I went to. No, well, I don't know. Uh, the counselors are getting the it counselors. on for sure. Yeah. All the ladies from my church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the worst ones. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, these are summer things. Mm-hmm. Summer's here. Yay! It's June. It's June. We are ready to party. Mm-hmm. We're going swimming as soon as we're done here. I have my bathing suit on under my clothes right now. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. This is why I'm wearing this dress. <laughs> under this dress, I am wearing two corks and a dermatologist recommended amount of sunscreen. Yeah. So the second we're done, I can just rip it off and jump in. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Guess where the corks are, Cor? Where? In my nostrils. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, two, eh? <laughs> You're all, make it three. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, we know that you went to camp. Uh-huh. The summer traditions growing up. Yeah. How many years did you go? I only went twice as a camper, like when I was a teen, and I went when it uh, as a counselor. No, actually, I wasn't a counselor. I was the crafts director. Oh, right. But my family went camping pretty much every summer. Every summer? Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Did you like it? I, I really liked it, except for when I got a little bit older, I wouldn't like it more than like four days. I'd be like, okay. That's so many days. <laughs> yeah, because oh we God. would go places where they didn't have like a shower or anything yeah. either. Yeah. Ugh places where your dad makes you shit in a bucket (laughs) like that uh there was usually an outhouse oh well that's a kind of bucket yeah it's kind of bucket gross (laughs) that's the kind of stuff i hated the most about camping like with my family Uh uh-huh if the bathrooms were walkable fine but i really don't like this yeah but fucking bucket i really hated that those are usually the prettier places though and like you're not as crowded with other campers but at what cost <laughs> <laughs> well we know the cost yeah <laughs> burying your own doo-doo before you <laughs> you guys pack it out yeah <laughs> do you have any other summer traditions oh my dad was a firefighter so we would have the fireman's picnic and that was fucking fun oh that sounds fun yeah you can like eat there's all kinds of games yeah like even like weird rides like those um that big circle where they spin you around they like the gravitron no it's just it's not that big i don't know how to describe it like ferris wheel your feet and your arms are like spread and you're clamped in and you're in this harness thing and then they just spin it all around oh that like gyroscope thing yes Yes. Oh, that's cool. They would have stuff like that, or I always wanted to go in one of those. Those like bouncy house boxing rings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, sleeping in, sleeping in, totally. When you're a kid, you can just like sleep until noon, no thing. Are you allowed to sleep in, like as a little kid, even? Yeah, in the summer usually. I think you should let kids sleep in. Yeah. Sometimes I felt like my parents were just annoyed that I could. <laughs> yeah. Like, wake up and do your time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your time on earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Somebody told me once when after they got out of prison that like other prisoners w- won't let you just sleep all day long that they'll tell you to wake up and do your time. Mm-hmm. So like, yikes, that was always my fucking <laughs> my go to plan. Like, I'll just sleep through it if it ever happens. Anyways, <laughs> do, do, you, do you have any other summer traditions? Um, once I got old enough, like reggae fest, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Reggae Fest, Stranmore Park, yeah. every possible year from the mid '90s through the late '90s. I miss that shit. I looked forward to it all year. <laughs> my mom used to get me like a day planner every year, and I was like, I don't fucking want this because what am I planning? And like, I found one that I had one time, <laughs> and like, it's fucking empty pages except for one day is like Reggae Fest at the top with an arrow that goes like through the whole day. <laughs> like, don't ask me to do anything. I am busy okay did you circle it in rasta colors (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i had my first weed brownie there too oh wow yeah i mean that's where you have it i had like stem stick that sticking out of it (laughs) (laughs) that's where you have it yeah one time some dude shot my chest with a water gun (laughs) so i was walking past the picnic table so you know did you get mad I was like 14 Uh and I was uh, (laughs) uh, like, I was just stunned. Like I went with my aunt that year and she let me go walk around Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm so grown up now. right? (laughs) Like nobody cares. I can just do whatever. And I even remember what I was wearing. I was wearing this black tank top and this skirt that I made, this long skirt. And I was wearing those platform sandals with the huge foam that are back again. They're back again, but mm-hmm. they, I wasn't wearing the Frankenflops. Mm-hmm. I was wearing the ones with the two strap. Yeah. But those are probably back again, too. I was wearing those. And I had my hair in barriers or space buns, I guess, mm-hmm. as they call them now. And yeah, I walked past this table and this guy shot me in the chest with a water gun. And I was like, <laughs> and I didn't even know what to do. I just stood there and like my mouth fell open. And I didn't I like felt so embarrassed about myself, like for a second. <laughs> then I was just like, oh, my God. And I just like kept going. But... I don't know. I'm like, what the hell? I was shocked. Was it a grown man? Um, They were older. Hmm. You know, when you're that young, it's so hard to tell how old people are. <laughs> so I would say they were an older teenager to a younger man. Mm-hmm. Once things started to shift over more like Cottonmouth Kings mm. and less Eka Mouse. Yeah. I was like, this it's not as fun as it used to be. Yeah. Things got, there's a sort of, danger in the air <laughs> that was yeah. not there when it's the the incense guys and the jerk chicken but it was fucking so fun and like everybody would be there yeah i loved it i wish they would bring it back they should bring it back start the petition i'm going to i was gonna say as soon as we get done here but we have plans yeah <laughs> first thing tomorrow okay <laughs> all right well we're talking summer traditions. We talked a little bit about camp. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to every episode. We pick a movie from the letterboxed list, every 80s slasher, an attempt by John Hillman. Our movie this week is The Burning from 1981. Corey, mm-hmm. why did you pick this movie? Because we wanted to do another camp movie. And this one's pretty good. Hmm. and you hadn't seen it yeah I had not seen it and when I started like looking into it I was like oh yes I recognize this movie Mm -hmm. because it has George Costanza in it yes (laughs) an extremely young George Costanza Mm -hmm. he's 22 yeah and boy Uh? It was a canon that George Costanza (laughs) looked like George Costanza looks like in The Burning. Uh I understand what George Costanza in in like the present day's problem was. Oh. Such a beautiful head of hair. (laughs) (laughs) I understand why he was chasing it. Such athleticism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was very cute. He's pretty charming too. Oh, yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. You know how sometimes they're like, here's George getting this hot lady. Yeah. And every once in a while he is charming you know <laughs> it's like you're you go like oh, okay there it is yeah. that's the old costanza charm <laughs> <laughs> who 
Who else is in the movie, Core? Well, it's directed by Tony Malum. He's a British director. I think he was mostly known for documentaries. Um, I looked at his credits, and I didn't recognize any of his other films. Okay. Uh, he co-wrote the film with producers Brad Gray and Harvey Weinstein. Boo, yeah. boo. Both the Weinstein brothers, right? Harvey uh, and well, Bob? Well, they're both producers. This was their first movie. That would explain why all the male characters are so coercive. Yeah. <laughs> and the concept of the film they came up with is pretty much based on a campfire story that was popular and told at many summer camps in New Jersey and upstate New York. Oh, so it's for real, for real. It's so true. Fuck. <laughs> and all the actors were pretty unknown at the time, but like we talked about, some of them went on to become pretty big stars. It stars Brian Matthews as Todd, Leah Ayers as Michelle, Brian Backer as Alfred. He was in Fast Times. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> he plays a uh, uh, rat, Ratner, mm-hmm. Mark Ratner. Larry Joshua as Glazer, who is actually older than some of the counselor in the movie. (laughs) Lou David plays Cropsey. Um, Fisher Stevens as Woodstock. He was in what? Packers. Packers. Mr. The Plague. Uh He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. And Jason Alexander in his very first credited role as Dave. He goes on to star in the role Gold Pretzel commercials. (laughs) Yeah. Holly Hunter also played one of the campers, Sophie. She didn't have any lines. Jason kept saying, one of those campers is Holly Hunter. And I was like, you are tripping. And then he would show me that one. And I was like, no, it isn't. And then at the end, he was right. Yeah. She got her SAG card from doing this movie. All right. (laughs) And then, of course, Tom Savini did the special effects for this. He famously turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 to do this film because thought the idea of Jason being the killer was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's all I got for cast. It's funny how like the faces that are recognizable are so recognizable yeah. when you're watching it. It's just George Costanza. It's just wild to not see George Costanza. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And like he's talking, he's joking. It's George, <laughs> right? It's so funny. I like it though. Right. Well, I was expecting. Oh, just another camp movie. Let's yeah. do this. Because like so many of them are s- not just camp movies, but slashers in general start to get like, OK, we see what's happening here. We know what's coming. Yeah. Right. So like when something is really, really excellent or different, we're like, whoa, that was great. So yeah. I was like, oh, this is probably just that. <laughs> but I was surprised i'm not gonna get into it too much before the end but i'm just gonna say that's what i was expecting to start Mm -hmm. so runtime is short ish i think it's a clean hundred and or 90 minutes yeah i always want to say 180 minutes which is like (laughs) so fucking long so that's great love that can't beat it well, you can. <laughs> so when we find a movie that's 76 minutes or whatever. <laughs> Not that like I won't watch a long movie, but. Yeah. You know. We don't need it for our slashers. No. Usually not. And also for most other movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very true. Sometimes I feel like I'm becoming that Michael Douglas falling down character. And I'm like, enough about how long all the movies are. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie since it came out and I watched it at my grandma's house. And I was a little fucking kid. It's probably really racist. And I'm sorry I said it. <laughs> if it is, I'm sorry I said it. Keep me in to revisit it. Never have. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get into it? Yeah, let's talk about the burning. So the movie starts. It's the middle of the night at Camp Blackfoot. Five teenage boy campers scheme to scare the shit out of the abusive camp caretaker, Cropsy. This name is so funny. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, oh, the baby had... Yeah, last night or like an old lady's nickname for a friend of hers like oh Cropsy came by (laughs) the group heads over to Cropsy's cabin with the box and one boy goes inside careful not to awaken the sleeping Cropsy he puts the box down uses matches to light something inside then removes the mysterious item from the box and walks out the boys rap on the window until Cropsy wakes up and sees a wormy skull with lit candles in the eye sockets. This would get you. Spooky. Mm-hmm. 
He screams and inadvertently knocks over the skull, setting the bed afire and burning a nearby gasoline can, which explodes, spreading flames all over the cabin. Cropsy runs out, completely engulfed in flames, and falls down a small incline into the nearby lake. Where the heck did they get this gross skull? (laughs) How is this a prank? Yeah. I've seen two separate sets of preteen twin girls who were separated at birth, then reunited at summer camp, think up like 10 better pranks. (laughs) Push Cropsy's air mattress in the lake. Yeah. Cut off the back of his party dress when he's talking to a cute boy. (laughs) Put a lizard on his water bottle. Right? Jeez. Those are pranks. They had the skull lying around, I guess. (sighs) And the worms. (laughs) Well, you can find those anywhere. I just don't get why it's a prank. And I don't understand why Cropsy freaks out. (laughs) I would wake up and be like, the fuck is that? Yeah. But he instantly is like. (laughs) (laughs) It would get you because of the maggots and worms. Yeah. You would start screaming and flailing. Uh, And burn your cabin down. Maybe. (laughs) They all just stand around while he's running around on fire. Yeah. They don't teach fire safety at this camp. (laughs) They haven't got that bad. So one week later at St. Catherine's Hospital, an orderly takes a nebbish intern to see a man, or as he calls him, a monster, a fucking Big Mac overcooked, who was badly burnt and was lucky to survive. As the orderly stands by the curtain to an oxygen tent, Beckoning for the new intern to come closer, Cropsy's charred hand grabs him and he screams in terror. That's what he des- deserves, yeah. honestly. He can't been... talk about patients like that. No. Then credits drop. It's literally just the burning and regular degular red font. Boring. I know. I didn't even notice it. <laughs> <laughs> Five years later, Cropsy is released from the hospital Apparently very disfigured and resentful from the scorching episode. I mean, I would be. Yeah, they're wheeling him out. They make a point to say, like, now you've got to let it go. Yeah. (laughs) Like, do I? (laughs) Cropsy walks the streets of Times Square at night, dressed in all black clothing with a hat and hides in the shadows so no one will get a clear look at his face. I (laughs) did not expect this camp movie take me to the jizz slicked streets of 1981 <laughs> new york city yeah it's a uh, nice, nice little surprise yeah i was like what the hell what are we doing here <laughs> the fucking maniac walks by i know right they, t- <laughs> they tip hats at each other <laughs> a blonde sex worker standing by the entrance to a seedy apartment building offers to take him inside cropsy enters the woman's apartment being careful to turn out the lights before he enters As she is undressing, Cropsy gets close, and the terrified woman tells him to leave after seeing his, still unseen to the viewer, disfigured face. Cropsy struggles with the woman, grabs a large pair of scissors from her sewing supplies, and stabs her in the stomach as he chokes her and smashes her head through the glass window. The absolute irony of being smooth murdered with the one pair of scissors that we all take the most seriously. (laughs) Those are the sharpest pair of scissors she has. They've never even cut paper. Right. Terrible. I would be like, not the good scissors. (laughs) Please, Cropsy, get the kitchen scissors. (laughs) Several days later at Camp Stonewater, a group of campers are playing definitely braless but not topless softball. Two male campers, Eddie and Dave, ogle a female camper named Karen who's wearing a bikini bottom, and Eddie tries to convince her to meet him later that night. Yeah, there is a long close-up of her extremely flat butt, just because to show beauty standards are ever-changing. It's really, it's really <laughs> true. <laughs> hey, all their jugs, though? Timeless. Yeah. <laughs> As a camper named Tiger, is this her real name or is it a nickname? <laughs> I want it to be her real name so fucking bad. Did not know this was an option. It fits her. Yeah, totally. <laughs> As Tiger runs to fetch the baseball from a wooded area, Cropsy is glimpsed crouching in the bushes, armed with a pair of garden shears. We watch from Cropsy's POV, the Cropsy cam. <laughs> it's very soft focus. Mm-hmm. As he watches Tiger search through the brush. Finally, Cropsy raises the shears above his head, ready to strike. 
but Tiger finds the ball and leaves just in the nick of time. That evening in the cafeteria, Karen tells Counselor Michelle that she likes fellow camper Eddie, but she is a little frightened of him because of how aggressive he is. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, another camper named Sally wakes up and heads to the camp showers to get clean. While showering, she hears a noise and asks, who's there? Before throwing back the shower curtain and screaming. I know, opening it all the way. Personally, I would have just peeked my head out. <laughs> I would have not looked at all because <laughs> I always think there's a killer outside my shower curtain. That's why I'm still alive. <laughs> Michelle, Karen, and the rest of the girls from her cabin run towards the screams and they see another camper, Alfred, running away. Counselor Todd stops Alfred and asks him what's going on. The girls say he's peeping. Alfred says that he just wanted to scare Sally and that people are always picking on him. Give me a break. Yeah, believe women. Todd defends him, but Michelle wants to throw him out of camp. First, Mike Damone impregnates his crush, and now this. <laughs> I like to think that, like, he went to camp <laughs> over the summer to just put it all behind him. Yeah. Now he's being accused of peepery, and he's definitely peepering yeah <laughs> todd talks to alfred in private and he tells him that he knows how alfred feels because five years ago he was a camper at a nearby summer camp and he didn't just get balled out by the counselor he got sent home oh no i know <laughs> he says this with such seriousness like getting sent home from camp is the worst <laughs> thing that could happen to someone alfred is all you did <laughs> <laughs> But hey, Todd never said he was a role model. <laughs> That's how I talk about when I got suspended from beauty school. Yeah. <laughs> for three days. <laughs> Back in the cabin, the Why'd girls... Why'd you get suspended? Why'd I get suspended? Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was for a fun, cool reason. Um, you didn't play a prank? <laughs> no. What if I was like smoking in the perm room? <laughs> no, I, you have to come in on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't go one oh. day because we were out the night before and I was up and I was like kind of pretty hungover. And then I was just like smoking weed and watching movies with my friends. And I was like, I'll go in a little bit. <laughs> and I, I, I'll go in a little bit in myself through the whole day. But I was like the fucking star pupil. So I thought Miss Lupe, my teacher, would like let it go. But she would not let it go. Not Dang. even when I told her that my grandma died. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, me? Wow. Top of the class? <laughs> but my grandma died. And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, back in the cabin, the girls smoke cigarettes and gossip about the boys at camp. The way I gasped when I saw Tiger puff on her cigarette. She's she, cool. She's so little. <laughs> she's cool, though. <laughs> she's fucking cool. A little later, Glazer, Sally's brutish love interest, warns Alfred to stay away from his girl before he is reprimanded by Todd. He walks off and he like smacks a fucking <laughs> lifeguard rings or whatever on his way out. And I feel like the character was the partial inspiration for Paul Rudd's character in Wet Hot American <laughs> Summer. <laughs> later, the campers are swimming in the lake. When Glazer pushes Alfred off the dock and into the water, everybody fucking freaks out. They're like, what'd you do that for? He can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> like he shoved him directly into a riptide. Yeah. <laughs> Campers, George Costanza and Fisher Stevens, um, Dave and Woodstock, Eddie and Fish all help Alfred, who cannot swim, out of the water. A few minutes later, the boys help Alfred get revenge when Woodstock shoots Glazer in the butt with an air pistol while he is on a raft trying to woo Sally. Then they moon him for good measure. Again, beside myself over Costanza's athleticism. <laughs> His bare ass is looking pretty good, too. He doesn't turn around, though, so I cannot report on the shrinkage. <laughs> I did notice, though, that he swims with a shirt on. And yeah. I was like... Come on now, big boy, take it off. <laughs> so in the cabin that night, the boys are looking at contraband playboys and hustlers supplied by Dave. Woodstock asks for the hustlers specifically. 
And when one of the other guys says Woody is too small for that caliber of pornography, Costanza says, hey, size never stopped Woody. That's the world bantamweight jerk off champ over there. <laughs> Keep flexing the muscle. <laughs> Meanwhile, through the magic of Cropsy Cam, we see Cropsy is hanging around and spying on them through the window. Dave tries to sell Glazer some condoms, but no deal. Glazer only uses lubricated rubbers. Dave is like a finder. <laughs> I feel like this Jason Alexander character was the partial inspiration for Morgan Freeman's character in the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> right? Yes, everyone has seen this movie, and that makes sense. It's <laughs> a reference. Suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred yells <laughs> when he sees Cropsy's face at the window, but the other campers don't see anything and they think he's imagining things. They're like, hey, little buddy. <laughs> so they all treat him. He's yeah. a fucking sex pest. <laughs> hey, hey, little fella. You all right over there? The campers all head to dinner where Glazer bullies half the campers <laughs> and tries to flirt with Sally again. She knows she shouldn't like him, but she likes him. The siren song of the bad boy. <laughs> Woodstock goes back to the cabin alone when he realizes he forgot his vitamin E. What? I don't understand. They they said something like, you don't believe in that, do you? Right. And I'm like, in the power of vitamins? Yeah. Because <laughs> fair, but some of them work. Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to make his dick grow. That's what I'm thinking. So he can f- finally use those hustlers <laughs> appropriately or whatever. I think, think, I think that was like. I even Googled it. <laughs> yeah. Confusing. Uh, so while he goes, the head counselor, Jeff, talks to the campers about tomorrow's three-day canoe trip to Devil's Creek. That sounds scarier mm-hmm. than anything else. <laughs> the Devil's Own Creek? No, thank you. <laughs> and it's several miles downriver from their camp. So Jeff reminds the campers to remember the buddy system. When Woodstock gets to the cabin, the lights are out. He gets spooked when he hears someone in the cabin, but it's just Counselor Todd coming to retrieve him. From outside, we see through Cropsy Cam as he watches Todd and Woodstock leave the cabin and head back to dinner. The next day, a large group of excited campers are canoeing and splashing like crazy as a banjo score plays loudly in the background. This score sounds like they're transporting bootleg coolers in those canoes. (laughs) Do you think uh, the deliverance score was inspired by this? (laughs) No. No. Smokey and the Bandit score. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Deliverance score. <laughs> a lot of movies were inspired by this. Yeah. Uh, that night, around a campfire, Todd tells a ghost story of Cropsy the Caretaker. He says that Cropsy was a really bad guy because he drank two bottles of whiskey a day. And he had bad breath, I guess. So he said he's like, his breath could... <laughs> melt the paint off a wall and i'm like that's your problem with it (laughs) he says one year cropsy picked the wrong camper to breathe on (laughs) then he recounts the prank that we saw at the beginning of the movie and he says cropsy has managed to survive in the woods all this time by killing animals and eating them raw he's no longer human and someday he will have his revenge the campers become frightened as todd whispered Don't look. He'll see you. Don't move. He'll hear you. Don't breathe. You're dead! (laughs) Just then, Eddie jumps out in a monster mask and scares everyone. They're screaming and having a great fucking time. Later, after everyone has gone to sleep for the night, Eddie and Karen take a walk to a nearby small lake where they begin kissing. Karen stops him and tells him she doesn't like how he's always bragging about how many women he's been with, and she doesn't want to be just another statistic. Just another statistic (laughs) is the fucking funniest way to put it. (laughs) Eddie's annoyed, um, but he decides to skinny dip in the lake and ask Karen to join him. She does, but she's obviously not ready to have sex with him. Now that we see her ass outside of the swimsuit, it's not as flat as we thought. (laughs) It's just little. Yeah. And we see his ass, too. Mm-hmm. So much ass in this movie. <laughs> Eddie grows angry at Karen's bodily autonomy, and Karen slaps him when he tries to kiss her by force. She leaves the water and finds her clothes scattered around the trees. While retrieving her items, Karen is attacked and killed by Cropsy, 
who slashes her throat with a pair of garden shears. I felt so bad for her. Yeah. She's like wandering wet through the clothes. Horrible. Cropsy fucking scattered her panties everywhere. Yeah. She had to put her wet feet into her sneakers. You know, I was fucking screaming at that part. You know how I always notice that kind of thing. <laughs> I, Ugh, yeah fuck that guy in s- his bad breath fuck him <laughs> no wonder totally antisocial. <laughs> the next morning todd and michelle roughly ask eddie where karen is and he says that he doesn't know um they should arrest him anyways just to be safe <laughs> soon they learn that all the canoes are missing glazer says alfred is the reason they're missing no specific reason just <laughs> alfred <laughs> He's like, why don't you ask that freak? And then everybody's like, what? What would our baby boy Alfred do with those canoes like that? Why would he do that? He would never do that. And they're like, okay, why do you think he did it? And he's like, because of Alfred. Todd finally decides that the group needs to construct a makeshift raft to get back to their camp. After cutting down some small trees... The group manages to finish the raft. The fucking speed with which these kids <laughs> build a makeshift raft that's seaworthy is astounding. Yeah, they were learning things at that camp. <laughs> Jeez. And they all had their shoelaces at the end, too. They not only found the material, the, the, the fucking logs, they also found the twine to lash them together. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. It's a great camp. Meanwhile, Glazer goes off with Sally to make out with her while Alfred spies on them. Glazer is an asshole, but he's right to bully Alfred every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. They both suck. Yeah, they both suck. It's like that the onion thing where it's like terrible news. Worst person you know makes a great point. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> Eddie, Woodstock, Fish, and two of the female campers leave on the raft to row back to camp. After paddling upriver for a few miles, they see one of their canoes and excitedly row towards it. But when they reach the canoe, in the movie's most shocking and violently horrific scene, Cropsy, crouched inside waiting, leaps out onto the raft and in a matter of seconds slashes, chops, and dismembers all five campers to death with his garden shears. Great scene. Yeah. Yeah, thanks to this scene, this movie was one of the first to end up on the infamous video nasties list. Tom Savini not only created the effects, but he was also involved with the staging and even the editing of the scene. Oh, that's great. I watched an interview with the editor, Jack Shoulder, who, fun fact, also directed another movie we've covered, Alone in the Dark. Oh, I liked that movie, too. This whole scene is like, it's fucking mayhem. Yeah. Uh, Fisher Stevens watches his fingers get chopped off right in front of his face. It's really fun. I was so fucking surprised when Cropsy jumped out of the canoe. Like, I thought for sure they were just going to find Karen floating Mm -hmm. in there. Yeah, it makes you think that. Yeah, because again, we see these all the time. It's going to be her body. Then he's all, ah, with the fucking (laughs) garden shears. And I was like, what? And then it all happened so fast. I would And it's so bright. It's so bright, yeah. (laughs) I would have jumped off the back of that raft so quick. (laughs) You wouldn't have been able to catch me. You got a choice, Cropsy. Either kill the other four or come after me. (laughs) That evening, unaware of the massacre on the raft, Todd, Michelle, and the others wait for help to arrive. Glazer and Sally go off to have sleeping bag sex in a remote part of the woods. To no one's surprise, Glazer is a two-pump chump. Maybe five pumps. Maybe five pumps. (laughs) Four and a half. (laughs) Back when they were getting their contraband porno, he was talking all wild to everyone, saying they were sick for jacking off. But maybe he should think about picking it up. Yeah. Just to decrease that sensitivity (laughs) a little bit. Come on, man. Despite Glazer's sad performance, Sally decides to stay for another round. She does roast him a little bit first. (laughs) Like, he comes and she goes, that all? (laughs) She's like, I'm cold. We're going to try again. Got to warm me up. He hops up and we see the back of this guy's balls for <laughs> like a hot second. <laughs> there is like a lot of dude ass in this movie. Yeah. Glazer goes back to the main campsite to get matches to light a fire. While Glazer is gone, Cropsy attacks Sally. Back at the camp, Glazer gets the matches and Alfred gets out of his sleeping bag to follow Glazer to watch him and Sally have sex. 
like the creep that he keeps proving himself to be. What fucking time is it supposed to be? (laughs) Everyone is sleeping, but it's a broad fucking daylight. Like, I know that they had to shoot day for night, but like, they're not even trying a little (laughs) bit. At least do that thing where they make everything look blue or whatever, you know? Nope. Glazer returns to the sleeping bag to find Sally dead before he is killed by Cropsy, who impales him by his neck onto a tree with the shears. Peeping Alfred peeps this, puts his wiener away, and (laughs) runs back to the campsite and tells Todd that Glazer is dead. He wakes Todd up and Todd says, what time is it? I don't know, Todd, like 1.36 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) Alfred says the man with the burned face that he saw at the cabin the previous night is responsible. Todd reluctantly follows Alfred back to the site where they find the dead and bloody corpses of Glazer and Sally. Cropsy jumps out from behind a tree and swipes at Todd with the shears, nicking him in his forehead. A rare miss for Cropsy. He wasn't even trying on that one. (laughs) Alfred screams and runs away into the woods with Cropsy in pursuit. After a little while, Todd wakes up and stumbles off into the woods. The next day, the remaining campers see the raft return as it floats towards them. Michelle swims out to it and discovers the various body parts of the campers, including the dead and mutilated woodstock, whose lifeless body floats to the surface right in front of her. The young campers begin to sob when they learn that their friends are dead and that they are in serious danger. Todd returns to the group and tells Michelle and the six remaining campers to row back to the camp to get help while he grabs a felling axe and goes looking for Alfred, who is still hiding from Cropsy in the woods. After a pep talk from Michelle, the campers on the raft safely return to Camp Stonewater. Michelle tells Supervisor Jeff that there's a killer on the loose, and they both jump in a motorboat and head downriver towards Devil's Creek. But let's not act like Jeff was so fucking quick to be concerned. <laughs> when these haggard kids row up on the raft from Castaway, he's all, where are my canoes? Yeah. <laughs> There's like half of the kids that they left with. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alfred is pursued by Cropsy through the ruins of a mining camp. Suddenly, he is grabbed by Cropsy, who gags him and pins his arm to the wall with the garden shears inside an old copper mine. Todd, having heard Alfred's screams, enters the mine and soon discovers Karen's body. He sees Cropsy walking around carrying a modified flamethrower. I screamed. (laughs) I screamed. Why does he suddenly have a flamethrower? It was too much. (laughs) Well, the flames actually trigger a memory for Todd. His mind flashes back to the night of the prank at Camp Blackfoot. You guessed it. Todd was one of the five campers responsible for Cropsy's disfigurement. I didn't guess it. No? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Todd hears Alfred again and follows the sounds of his muffled screams into another area of the mine. In a pretty good jump scare sequence, Cropsy's horribly burned face is finally revealed. Tom Savini said he sculpted his head in three days. He called it a rush job, but I think it looks good. It looks all right. And I like this little jump scare. Yeah. Cropsy tries to set Todd on fire with a flamethrower while Todd wildly swings his axe at the killer. As Cropsy is throwing the flames around and he corners Todd, Alfred frees himself. Yeah, just take those shears out, man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He stabs Cropsy in the back with his own garden shears. He could have done it the entire time. Yeah. Cropsy falls to the ground. At the same time, Michelle and Jeff arrive at the campsite where she waves down a police helicopter that arrives and directs a few policemen who head into the woods. Back at the mine, Todd and Alfred begin to walk out of the mine when Cropsy revives and attacks Alfred. Alfred moves out of the way (laughs) as Todd swings the axe, hitting Cropsy in the face and pinning him to a support pillar. Alfred grabs Cropsy's modified flamethrower and sets him afire. Now relieved that Cropsy is finally dead, Alfred and Todd walk out of the mine while the body of Cropsy continues to burn. Hey, burning you alive one time? Shame on me. (laughs) Burning you alive two times? That's shame on you. Yeah, that is. (laughs) And then in the final scene, the story of Cropsy and his legend is being told around a campfire to a new group of campers. Don't look. He'll see you. 
Don't move. He'll hear you. Don't breathe. You're, You're dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Todd told the terrible story of the crime he committed as a fun urban legend yes. campfire story. He's bad. He's bad. Alfred's bad. Glazer's bad. The movie should have ended with something wild happening to Todd. And then the next counselor tells his story. Mm. Right. Yeah. I know. That's one thing I, I, I like this movie overall. I don't like that they those two are the heroes of this movie. Yeah. They suck. They suck. <laughs> I really like the um, Michelle, the girl counselor. Mm-hmm. She's good. She should have been the yeah, main person. Yeah, it's the rare final girl that's the final boy. Yeah. And it doesn't work that well to me. Yeah. I agree. Just because he's, he's an asshole. Uh-huh. But- and like... It, and the movie doesn't follow the like a lot of like the rules like all the girls none of the girls are like fucking Mm-mm. they're all very pointedly not fucking yeah well the one does yeah when she gets pumped twice <laughs> but <laughs> barely counts barely ca- barely counts <laughs> yeah but it's a fun movie like it does kind of have the thing. With some of these movies, you're like, wait, who's the counselor? Who's the camper? Oh, yeah. Why are they such different ages in the same cabin? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and I also think it doesn't help that the cast is, like, a little bloated. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many kids and so many different names that you're like, who? Yeah. Like, even as we were just going over it again, I was like, wait. <laughs> So, yeah, it's hard to keep track of who is who and all their various problems are. I mean, the main ones are... Dave, mm-hmm. Jason Alexander, he's, mm-hmm. he's the most important. And then Tiger. <laughs> Tiger, yeah. Yeah. The beginning is a little bit slow-ish. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you get the feeling that they're sort of trying to um, lay the groundwork on these characters, but there really are just too many of them <laughs> to for me to like care that much or whatever mm-hmm. i really just wanted like the handful of them to make it out i mean if uh, some of the faces weren't so recognizable it would have been a lot harder to track <laughs> honestly because it's like okay jason alexander he hangs out with these couple of kids mm-hmm. right so like okay got it they are campers campers yeah right i think he brings a lot to the movie actually like i he's t- really good totally agree he is very good <laughs> um a star in the making mm-hmm. i can see why uh yeah fisher stevens he's so young and he, i like him too in this movie yeah he's good as well i think he has a little more personality than, yeah like i don't know that other guy fish which he, one is that <laughs> i think it's he i don't know you it's he's impossible to describe he's brown hair <laughs> what did he do nothing he did nothing see (laughs) yeah he didn't have a lot to work with yeah and some of the girls they're just you know there to kind of laugh and tease Uh, that was my other problem is that like uh, we have time that we spent with all of these boy characters campers counselors that we spend time with and learn about but we don't get near the amount of time with like the girls yeah and i guess because it's a final boy maybe that's why I don't know. We spend more time over there with them, mm-hmm. but it doesn't help when I'm like, who is that? If you're not tiger, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even Holly Hunter could get my attention. <laughs> <laughs> so in this movie, you're George Costanza, you're Fisher Stevens, or you're Mark Ratner from fast times at Ridgemont high. So, yeah, those were the, the couple of things where I was like, well, those are the little bit of difficulties that I had. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, overall. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Not boring and deviated enough from the formula that it was surprising in some parts. All right. Oh, boy. You ready? Ready for these reviews? I must know. Okay. Lenny. A bomb. Mm. That's what he says. Um, Jason sent a bomb emoji. I don't know if Malton <laughs> reviewed it with a bomb emoji, but he, he could have. 
<laughs> and he said, awful Friday the 13th ripoff with Tom Savini's bloody makeup effects about an old caretaker at a summer camp who takes his revenge in the usual way. Holly Hunter's screen debut. That's all he has to say about it. I did see something that said this was actually filmed before Friday the 13th, but I did not go and confirm that. So we'll spread the disinformation girl, spread it. Um, Sometimes that happens. Like, Mm-hmm. Very similar movies. Are What's it called? Like parallel thought or something like that, where it's like it's probably not what it is. It's probably something totally different. But it's like, yeah, a bunch of people will come with the same thing at the same time because it's it's not very similar, other than it taking place at camp. And these are the ages of the people that would be at this camp. What are you going to have it be about little fucking kids? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because in most of the Friday the 13th movies, there are no campers there. So this is very different already. Mm -hmm. And then it's not like a whodunit like that one. Yeah. It's it's pretty different. It's just a similar setting. Jason doesn't go to Times Square. Not yet. Not yet. Not till he takes Manhattan. (laughs) Maybe this inspired that. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) You ever think of that? Ever think of that? (laughs) This movie inspired a lot of movies. It inspired so many movies. <laughs> that Shawshank Redemption one, huge. <laughs> um, okay, and Video Hounds gives it one bone. Story of a, a macabre, 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 macabre. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Revenge, set in the dark woods of a seemingly innocent summer camp. They're all seemingly innocent until they're not. Okay. That's it. And they didn't even say that last part. That was me. (laughs) It was all me, baby. (laughs) So that's it. It's up to us. Okay. Um, Well, I say better than what you would expect. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Some clear charisma. Coming from Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. Plenty of buns. Mm-hmm. Fun surprises. A yeah. couple fun surprises. That one kill sequence is like so good. It kind of makes up for the oh, other yeah. ones being just like, eh. What a frenzy. Fine, yeah. Uh-huh. Even if you don't watch this movie, just look up that scene. No, watch the movie. It's <laughs> it's it's worth watching. Yeah. Some of them I would say, don't watch it. We did, we did you a favor just now. <laughs> now you're done. But yeah, you should watch this one. If literally for nothing else... To see how Jason Alexander is already like a fully formed fucking, I don't want to say star, but yeah, because he really does. <laughs> he's a star, he's baby. He's a star, baby. <laughs> he's, he's keeping this cast moving. He's very natural and like funny, mm-hmm. charming. I see what Marissa Tomei saw. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Good pick, Cor. Check it out. I give it, I don't know. Want me to go first? Yeah. Seven out of 10. I was going to give it 7.5. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. We did it. It's tough because I really was like, I would maybe do it higher. But then I was like, you can't do everything higher than this. No, you can't do everything higher. (laughs) (laughs) But really, when he pops out of that canoe, I was like, what? Not a lot of movies that we watch make me feel that way. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting. I liked it. Yeah. Check it out. Watch it this summer if you haven't seen it. Yeah. What would you pair it with, Cor? Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp? Yeah. Summer Camp double feature would be great. I say Maniac. Yeah. The little connection. Take well, like, that little connection. And you have the Savini connection, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be fun. A little bit of city mouse. A little bit of country <laughs> mouse. <laughs> All right. All right. What would you pair it with? Call in. (laughs) I thought you were asking me and I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I just said. (laughs) Listeners. (laughs) Listeners, what would you pair this with for a double feature? Let us know. Or if you haven't seen it, tell us another good summer double feature. A double feature. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear that. All right. 
It's our next movie. Next, well, we do have a little holiday coming up. Mm. Father's Day. So we're going to do The Stepfather from 1987. And we will have a special reoccurring guest. A returning guest. What if we just started calling out random guests at the end? (laughs) And then they'd find out when they heard us say they were going to be on the next show. (laughs) We'll try that next time. (laughs) I like The Stepfather. I've only seen it once and I don't really remember it. So you watched it on Joe Bob. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. probably on my phone the entire time. So yeah. now I'll watch it. Not on my phone. Yeah. Just for you guys. I watched it on Joe Bob. It wasn't the first time I'd seen it. Maybe I'll watch it on there again. Yeah. Maybe not because it's three hours <laughs> instead of the hour and a half that it normally would be. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to go swimming? I'm so ready um as always please make a donation to the bakersfield burrito project help us feed our hungry and unhoused neighbors here in bakersfield on cash app and venmo bako burrito project also please follow us on instagram at gag me with the chainsaw and on twitter at chainsaw podcast you can call us too like we said call in 661 464-7499. Is that all? That's all I got. I think that's all I got, too. Let's go jump in the lake. (laughs) No, I don't don't freshwater swim. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's go jump in the pool. See ya. Shabuya. Yeah, yeah. Shabuya roll call. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on Gag Me With a Chainsaw with your hosts, Corey and Sarah. Music by White Bat Audio. Find us on Twitter at Chainsaw Podcast and on Instagram at Gag Me With A Chainsaw. Until next time, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>